It's Tuesday, August 20th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hale. Joining me in studio, Emily Flippin. Thanks for being here. Thanks again for having me, Chris. We've got some stocks in China that are making headlines, and we will get to those in a minute. But we're going to start here in the United States with Home Depot. Uh, second quarter profits for Home Depot were higher than expected, but they lowered sales guidance for the full fiscal year. Shares of Home Depot are up about 4% this morning, and I got to say, I'm a little surprised at that. Are you at all surprised that the stock is up? Well, I feel like Home Depot's earnings are just proof that fear is really starting to drive the market. So, they missed on revenue, they beat on the bottom line, but they also missed on same-store sales, and they lowered guidance for the rest of the year. So, it seems like investors just responded positively because the news simply wasn't worse. Uh, with new projections, I guess, for a weakening housing market alongside concerns about impact of the trade war, uh, the lowered projections for 2019, I think sales growth was 2.3%. Uh, that just wasn't bad enough to get the stock down low. So it's interesting to me, a little bit surprising that the stock's up on the news, but it just goes to show how much people were expecting in terms of, of the market that we're seeing today. I think it's probably also a little bit of Craig Manier, the CEO at Home Depot, who's been there about five years and the sort of very steady job that he and his team have done over the last five years. And so maybe it's a little bit of granting a little bit of credit to them. And I'm not saying that's not unearned, but the comments that he and the team were making on the call about the potential impact of tariffs, which is why they lowered the revenue guidance for the full fiscal year, and talking about lumber. And um, and sort of the impact of lumber prices, which you know, uh, I'm not going to do a deep dive on lumber prices, <laughs> but suffice to say, I mean, that's uh, that's about eight to ten percent of Home Depot sales are uh, directly tied to lumber, and what they are charging for lumber is roughly half of what they were able to charge a year ago. So, I mean, that's that's real money. And it's impressive because in that same time frame, they've also managed to raise ticket prices. Um, the average ticket growth is about two percent over the last quarter. So, yeah, with ten percent of their their sales coming from lumber, it is still notable. And maybe you're right that the market's granting them a little bit of lenience here. But I also don't tend to think that the market is always the most lenient. <laughs> so I genuinely think that this is just a testament to the fact that people were are are scared right now. So what do you expect from Home Depot for the next couple of quarters? I mean, is this is this something that I mean, because already I'm thinking about what they're going to say in three months about. Uh, both lumber prices and tariffs. Yeah, so they actually lowered guidance, but their updated guidance, in my opinion, is still kind of aggressive. So while Home Depot has been great on executing, it'll be interesting to see whether they have to lower guidance again next quarter. All right, let's move on to China, and we'll start with Baidu, uh, also known as the Google of China. Expectations for Baidu's second quarter were. Low, I think that's fair to say. And Baidu beat those expectations. So the stock is up about 8%. Yes, to say expectations were low is probably a bit of an understatement for Baidu, who last quarter posted a surprise unprofitability. So the fact that they were, again, profitable this quarter was great for investors, but they still have a long way to go. Uh, while they did beat, the numbers were all still pretty dismal. Um, core advertising business actually declined year over year, and 
that makes up about 75% of Baidu's total revenue. So they're really relying on their other initiatives. That's into AI, self-driving, voice recognition. Um, those are all areas that offer the most optionality for Baidu. But in the short term, how Baidu works with expanding into app-based search search is going to be really interesting. So right now, Baidu really is the leader. Web-based search has been their bread and butter, but they're seeing increasing competition from app-based search. And Americans out there might be thinking, what is app-based search? Uh, and in reality, there's a quite a few super apps in China, Tencent's WeChat being one of them. And indexing on those apps are actually really impressive. So you can think about it in terms of news outlets from companies. They're probably posting on their WeChat before they're posting on their websites. And that gives Tencent the ability to index and archive and provide better search results than maybe Baidu. So their push into app-based search, growing the number of app-based users is going to be really important for Baidu, at least over the short term, until they get some of those AI-based initiatives really starting to make an impact on their top line. It's a little surprising only because Baidu is so overwhelmingly dominant in search. I mean, for the you know, for the extent to which Google is dominant here in the United States, it's even more so for Baidu in China. So the fact that they could in some ways, be upended like this is a little surprising. But uh, to your point, all the more important that if you're thinking about buying shares of Baidu, and even with the rise today, this is a stock that's down over the past year, uh, you really want to see them executing on those other options. And you always always have to ask yourself, especially with Chinese companies, and I hate buying into this, but I think it's especially true in Baidu, is what we're not seeing going on behind the scenes. So it wasn't too long ago that Baidu CEO was presenting at a conference, and a member from the audience came up and poured water over his head. Um, it was not immediately clear why, but to say that the average person in China reflects negatively upon Baidu would not be an overstatement. Um, people are aware of the fact that Baidu is often used as a hand for the Chinese government and censorship. So, it's important to remember that Baidu is not, while it is a giant in China, and it is so vital in so many respects for life in China, it's not always a company that has or leaves the best impression, let's say that, in users' mouths. It was also not too long ago that their advertisements, fake advertisements for medicine, killed people in China. So, like I said, this doesn't always get the best press. Baidu is really big and really important, but you can't buy into the concept that it is too big to fail because ultimately they stop getting users. They stop getting ad revenue, and the business declines. Well, and you look at iQIYI, which is the video streaming service that Baidu spun off, but still has some measure of ownership there. And you know, this is another one that has me sort of scratching my head a little. You know, very dominant. They crossed the hundred million dollar or the hundred million subscriber mark. That's up, I think, about fifty percent over a year ago. And yet, iQIYI. Seems it certainly from a stock perspective continues to struggle. That is also a little bit of an understatement. Um, Aichi has had a terrible year, and to say that Baidu owns a little bit of it's also an understatement. They actually own about 58% of the company. And while it provided great things for Baidu in the last earnings report, the growth was just not enough for Aichi uh, for their quarter. So revenues rose 15%, but their cost rose 14%. Uh, they're kind of pulling a Netflix when you look at how much their content costs. So they spent 5 billion yuan on content this quarter, but their revenue 
revenue was 7 billion yuan. So it's fair to say that this is an expensive business to run. And you also see people not necessarily buying into the business model. So IGE, often called the Netflix of China, and that is representative of part of IGE's business. But you can, in some ways, also call it, say, the YouTube of China, because they have this very large uh, advertising based business where people can watch videos for free if they watch what is, in my opinion, an absurd number of ads. And uh, it's actually a huge, they're actually seeing huge decreases in ad revenue despite the fact that they're seeing increases in their membership fees. So they're relying more on the Netflix model, less on the YouTube model, but this is still really hurting their business in the same vein that Baidu is being hurt by their advertising revenue. So do you look at either one of these stocks? down significantly over the past 12 months as value plays right now? Or do you think there are enough question marks with either or both that you just sort of look at them and say, no, I, I, even at this price, I'm not a fan? There's a number of Chinese companies, in my opinion, that look like value plays when you look at them from an American perspective. But you always have to remind yourself that um, you're never, never seeing the full picture. Um, while that might not be a deal breaker for a lot of people, you always have to Acknowledge the fact that these valuations are given with respect to the fact that you don't know them as well as you may know their, you know, Netflix or American counterpart. So, in my opinion, if I'm looking to get into streaming, I think there are safer ways to do it as opposed to ICE. Um, I think Baidu seeing it beat down so terribly and all the optionality that it still has with their other business lines is actually probably a better play. But I think the biggest risk for Baidu, like I already said, is the public perception in China. It's been increasingly negative. Well, let's add two more to the mix uh, with Sina and Weibo. And Sina, online media company in China, and uh, Weibo, which was spun out of uh, Sina uh, four or five years ago, I think it was. Um, and it seems like a similar story to, as we just discussed with Baidu and IGE, where You've got two stocks, you know, two well-known brands um, with uh, some level of dominance to them, and yet stocks down more than forty percent over the past twelve months. Is is it is it a similar situation with these two as you see with Baidu and IGE? I actually don't see them as similar. So Baidu and IGE, like I said, they have optionality. IGE still has the optionality to be the Netflix of China. They're growing user bases. They have 100 million users last quarter. Compare that to Netflix's 150 million users. So to say that IGE is is no longer relevant would be a huge understatement. And I actually think they have a lot of optionality to expand their user base in a way that will allow it to continue to post really impressive revenue growth. Whereas Sina and Weibo, it's the same story for both of them, which is while they still have a substantial number of users, their revenue growth is actually flat or declining. So I think in terms of the social media presence that Sina and Weibo are, that is going to be declining. Uh, like I said, they have huge numbers of users, so I could easily be wrong about that. But it seems, in my opinion, that the relevance that these two social media companies have is slowly declining. Uh, they did crush earning expectation. Uh, for Cena did crushed earnings expectation, but it was actually still a substantial decrease compared to last year. So whenever I see a beat for these companies, it's a it's a beat because these companies have been beat down, right? So all of this still decreasing year over year. So this might be an unfair comparison, but when I was looking over some of the coverage of Cena, it just reminded me of Yahoo when Yahoo was a standalone public company and sort of in its maybe not its final days, but certainly its final years. Same sort of thing where it's like 
yes, there are numbers you can point to in this business that are large in terms of engagement, in terms of how many tens of millions of people are using it every month, that sort of thing. But overall, it just sort of seems like, certainly in the case in Yahoo, and I would argue right now with Cena, that yeah, you can put those numbers aside. It's just kind of an uninspiring business. It's it's not something that I look at as an investor and think, well, even with the stock being beaten down and even with the number of people using it and you know, whatever bull case you want to make, it's it's hard for me to get excited about that. I tend to agree, and I think bulls, especially in the case of Cena, don't point towards their advertising business, which, as the Chinese story goes right now, is declining. They point towards their live streaming business. They said that had 20% increase year over year. There's lots of optionality in live streaming, and in my opinion, there's a. If you're interested in live streaming in China, I can give you five companies off the top of my head that are probably better live streaming plays than than Cena. Uh, have better user engagement. It's their sole purpose, right? So I think if you're if you're Cena bull, you're probably a Cena or Cena or Weibo, you're a bull based off valuation, which, like I said, was sometimes in China can always be a trap. Are any of the live streaming uh, companies you think off the top of your head are they standalone public companies or are they part of something like you know like Ten Cents live streaming for? Uh Division standalone companies, although some of them are spinoffs. So one of them, my personal favorite, Beely Beely, which focuses on anime, <laughs> comic, and gaming. Yeah, Beely Beely. It's a real name. Tickers B I L I. Not making it up. But there's also a number of other companies that have recently become public that compete with Beely Beely. One's Huya H U Y A or Douyu. So all of these companies are standalone streaming companies whose main job it is is to provide video content, right? Much more much closer in the vein of IGE as opposed to Sino, which is kind of a, a struggling social media company that happens to do a little bit of live streaming in the back, which by the way is posting slower live streaming growth than all of those other companies. You know what? I shouldn't laugh at Billy Billy because I just looked it up. It's uh, nearly a five billion dollar company. The stock's up more than twenty five percent over the past year. So um, you know, humorous name aside, they, get, <laughs> they, they appear to be getting it done. Uh, all right, Emily Flippin, always good talking to you. Thanks for being here. Thanks again for having me. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Austin Morgan. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.